Hey everyone, welcome to another Plotty Time mini So This week we are hopping back into the Numdit Chronicles. That's right. The uh, Numdit Chronicles, in case you haven't been paying attention, is when I pick different games that are really easy to get a platinum on for PlayStation 4, or, you know, Xbox, 1,000 points, that whole thing with the gamer score. The idea being that it will cause me to play games that uh, I normally wouldn't get a chance to play or wouldn't feel like playing or wouldn't even know existed. And then I get the platinum and then I talk about it to nobody in particular. Just you guys listening, I guess. You guys love it. You guys, well, I know you do. I get so many emails, uh, so many, for people saying that uh, they, they love this segment. They love this bit. They love everything about it. So we're just going to move on. And this week, we're going to be talking about a game for PlayStation VR. That's right. Stands for Virtual Reality. You guys know it. You're fucking hip. This game released via PlayStation Store. I don't know if it ever came out in hard copy, but it was released on November 6th, 2018. And the name of the game is Derasene. Derasene. I believe. I'm pretty sure. I looked through several sources, and I'm pretty sure Derasene is how you say it. I could be completely wrong. A lot of accent marks in this name. At least two. Might be three. Don't remember. But anyway, the it's a From Software game created by Hiritaka Miziaki, who is most known for the Demon Souls games, the Souls games. And uh, it's definitely not anything like that at all. And it, it's not at all. Not even close to the same type of game. It's essentially a point-and-click adventure, mostly. Uh, I'm going to go through the whole game here. I, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to really delve into the story too terribly much. I will talk about the setup and the beginning stuff, but I don't want to go through the whole story because it's a great game and it was a nice experience and I'm glad I had it and I don't want to spoil the story for someone that may listen to this and, you know, they're just obsessed with getting numbs, but they don't want the story ruined. There's probably fives of you out there. In the world, definitely. So the story basically is you play as a fairy, like a wood nymph. I don't know lore or if that's the same thing or if it's not or what the difference is. I don't give a shit. You play as a fairy. They keep calling you a fairy from the... I assumed you came from the woods because that's where other fairies are later in the game. And they're all evil. That's the only spoiler I'm going to give. You're going to run into evil fairies out there. It's a tough fucking world, you know? And this is just part of what's going to happen. So you st- you play as a fairy, and you essentially live in this world where time stands still, or that's how you perceive it. No one can see you in this real world. You kind of pass through it, but uh, everyone appears to you as being frozen in time. I don't know if you just go into little moments, and then you have to come out of those, but uh, sometimes you interact with the people in there. Sometimes it's just their spirit, or like a historical element. It's like a gold translucent outline of the person and that's the only person you interact with to essentially it's a point and clicking game that you solve puzzles that's really all it is you gotta listen to what people are saying you don't really talk to them you can read about stuff and you kind of put it together the puzzles once you figure it out it's not that difficult usually you only have so many people and so many things you can click on and then you kind of just fucking fudge your way through it so basically as a fairy you have three tools you have the red wing the red wing, the red ring, which you find and put on your thing that stores life energy, which you use to unlock uh, people talking. Essentially, like I said, you're stuck in time. You unlock it with the red ring, 
and they kind of speak to you or you're it's like reliving a memory i guess it's it this is not a very straightforward game the plot mostly is but the way it's told is very outside the box you walk around you explore you solve puzzles that's pretty much it but it's it's done in a very nice way uh the other tool you have is the blue ring which is on your left hand and you can use that to manipulate time which is very interesting like what you can do is actually you can you can take something like say in the game i believe the first thing is is grapes so you pick up this uh thing of grapes and then the vine of grapes uh, a bushel of grapes the group of grapes and then you use your blue ring and the grapes basically wither away into nothing as if you know weeks had passed or whatever so you can take that time and then you can go and give it to something else. In this first puzzle, you would go to a little flower uh, held by the young lady who you meet. Well, I'll get to in a sec. But she she then, you you, re, you bring the flower back to life. And then you can solve the puzzle. And she now knows you exist. But I'll get to that. So the other tool is a golden wand, as they call it. It looks like a brass, like, pagan type thing. Uh, which I'm not explaining it very well. But it's kind of like like a a dagger almost or a half of a staff and it's got this ornate top and when you have this you can use it to drain a person's lifetime but yeah got really dark real quick didn't it and then you can use that time drain to go yourself back in time now this is a time travel game <laughs> there's a lot of that the story revolves around a massive country estate it's like a victorian home it's huge. It's kind of... I thought it was like a boarding house. They refer to the old man that takes care of them as the headmaster, but it's six children that live there. They have, like, schoolrooms. They get educated there. And maybe this is how they used to do stuff. This is, like, an early boarding school. I have no idea. It definitely takes place in the past. That part doesn't really matter. The idea is six children. Uh, Yulia, who is your first interaction. She is... A young girl who you first uh, meet, you're the first, she's the first person you meet, first puzzle you do, you do the grapes thing, you give her the flower, and then she is now, she's like the true believer in fairies. And the first mission, and one of the first things you do besides the grape thing, is your job is to convince the other five children that you actually exist. And that'll all come into play way later, and I'm not going to get into it too much, but the other kid is Lorik, who's like the oldest, he's like a bigger, tougher kid. And he's kind of like the leader figure just because he's the oldest. You got Herman, who is the quiet one. Uh, basically, he has a hat and hide stuff under his hat, which they make note of, which you use to solve puzzles later because he has shit hidden under his hat. Uh, there's Marie, who is sort of like taking over the mother figure, I guess is the best way to put it. She's like scolding people, telling them you should wear a jet, like that whole kind of shit. Uh, there's, then there's Nils, who is, he has glasses. That's pretty much his entire personality. I, there's not much more to it. He, he's a bookworm. He sticks his head in books and learns. And then you got Rosa, who is the youngest of all the children, and she feels very much like the little sister of the group. Like she's like, oh, can I come play too? That kind of deal. You get it. You get it. And uh, most of the times as you're going through the game, you have these puzzles. You essentially have to help these kids. At first, you have to convince them you're real. And then from there, the story gets into an interesting, interesting part. Uh, like, for example, there's some of the, the puzzles you do. There's a moment where 
you don't see the kids doing this, but you see like a memory of them and they're on the roof trying to sneak into a room and then you can follow them. Uh, there's one, there's a moment where you need to get, you need to open a chest in the attic, but you need to find the key first. So you need to go get the key. I believe it's under, this one's actually under Herman's hat. And then you bring it to Rosa, who's by the chest, you unlock it. And then she kind of like, is like, oh my God, it was a fairy. A fairy did that. Oh my God, you're actually real. Can you see me? My name's Rosa. It's pretty adorable. And then after you meet Rosa, I mean, there's a whole thing that goes on, but I won't spoil it. Uh, I will talk about uh, the beginning of the story and kind of the setup to this. I mentioned the first puzzle with Yolia. Yolia. And uh, it's very interesting because she will... Your first mission, like I said, is to make the other kids believe you exist. So as you're doing that, as you're going through this mission, you eventually kind of put it together through the ways people talk that... Yulia has actually died. And you were not even speaking to her. You were speaking to her ghost. So that's that's like intriguing. It's like, what's going on here? So eventually, as you're walking through the mansion estate, whatever it is, you do find the headmaster, this older guy, and he has the wand with him. And he, he knows you're there and he says, Look, I want you, I want to sacrifice myself with this wand. And I want you to go back in time and stop the incident where Rosa, the youngest one there, lost the use of her legs. Now, she was walking around in a cane. Something crippled her. And I'm not going to go into it too much. But your first mission, basically, you do go back in time. You fix the thing. She's back to normal. But Yulia's still dead. So a lot of the rest of this game is going back further, fixing something, coming back. It's not all fixed. Go back, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to ruin the story from here on out, but there's a lot of going back, fixing things. It's heartbreaking because you see, uh, this isn't really a spoiler if I'm bringing time travel in, I guess, but you see bad things happen to the kids. But it's it's played in a way that was very fascinating because it was heartbreaking. It really was to see these kids you actually cared about and listened to and talked to, to see them meet horrible fates, and then they properly conveyed that weight, and then, you know, the next 10 minutes later in the game, they're back, because you went back in time when they're still alive. It, it was very interesting. I love the way how they used time as a game mechanic, which we... That's not too crazy. Like, we've seen it in other games. Like, we just talked about Prince of Persia's Sands of Time a couple weeks ago. And that's another game where, you know, if you have the time dagger, you can jump on a thing, fall off, and then you hit a button and you rewind and you're back on top. So, using time as a mechanic isn't a new thing. But in this game, it's not only a mechanic where you can use it to solve puzzles and pull time away from other things and add them to other things, but it's told it's also the plot of the story it's it's very interesting for them to match the plot of the story is time travel going back in time solving puzzles and using time in puzzles as a mechanic i thought that was done very very well and uh it i i certainly found the whole game interesting uh as far as the review goes that i would say i would definitely give it i don't know nine slaps for sure because it was interesting enough for me to play it and enjoy it and continue to play it. I wasn't bored, and it felt like a pretty quick... I think I beat it in like three hours, maybe four you can beat it in. 
But for the most part, you just need to solve the puzzles, and that's the whole game. Every once in a while, there's a couple things you have to do uh, outside of the normal to get the trophies, but there aren't that many. And as long as you follow a guide, you can roll through the whole thing in like three hours. Uh, it does do the. It doesn't have like the analog stick to move you around, so you have to do the teleport thing. Which, if you guys are VR gamers, I'm sure you are aware of this. It's basically you look at an area, a thing lights up, you hit a button, and you teleport yourself to that. Uh, VR is still kind of figuring it itself out. The teleport thing for point-and-click games or games where you like pick up stuff. Another one that uh, I might do on this might not. The Rick and Morty game. I forget what it is. Back to the Multiverse or something like that. I don't care. But you basically be in Rick's garage the entire time. You're in a garage, and there's four stations you can look at, hit a button, and then all of a sudden you're teleported there. And then you have like a table or whatever in front of you to like move around and navigate and do stuff. It's pretty freaking cool. And this is kind of the same way where you can you go to a spot, you look around. Uh, if you're talking to someone or engaged in someone, you can kind of rotate around them. But uh, anyway, the review. So I liked the story. I thought it was interesting because the, a lot of games try this and a lot of games fail. But the story is actually very, very simple. It's these six children. One of them is dead. One of them is handicapped now. And then you go back in time as a spirit to assist them and make sure by the end they're all alive and well. And it becomes more increasingly difficult. It's it's not like a huge plot point. There's not all kinds of twists and turns. But there are a lot of really solid moments in the game. Moments that make you care about the kids. That makes you want to work for the kids. Makes you want to put in the effort. Uh, it was it was something different that I never would have played because it's kind of like uh, one of those games that's more like a movie than a game. Like you solve puzzles and you do some stuff, but you're mostly just walking around the world and experiencing cutscenes. They're not they're not really cutscenes. They're people talking and moving a little bit, and then you move on to the next one, so on and so forth. But it was something different. Uh, there was also moments where I thought it was really cool. It's it's an interesting thing, but uh, there there's an issue or a discussion of whether Yulia was also a fairy, or was she a spirit, or a ghost, or whatever. But they have a really great mechanic if they want to lock you away from a part of the mansion so you can't go explore there for that section. What they'll do is they'll put a cat there. And apparently cats can see you, they're the guardians. Like, they can see you, and they won't let you cross, and you can't cross a cat. Basically, you just have to walk away. So I thought that was really cool to bring that lore in. And have a reason you couldn't explore certain sections, rather than just be like, Oh, the door's locked. Isn't that crazy? So that was pretty cool. Um, I did enjoy the kids. I liked all the kids. I didn't think any of them were difficult or annoying. I thought they were all endearing. They were... Maybe it was because they were all orphans. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to shit on orphans and be like, Oh my god, this orphan's annoying. Really? That They got it hard enough. They had a rough... You know, give them a fucking break. They're all basically... I, I, I think that... In the situation like that, you'd see these kids kind of realize in the situation all they got to each other because they don't have a family. So they bond together. And I felt like they did a great job of, of doing that. The kids didn't always agree with each other. They didn't always get along. But all of their actions felt properly motivated. And the ones that didn't felt like, oh, that was an idiot kid doing an idiot thing. And those are usually like lower stakes. They're not major plot points or anything like that. But... 
I liked the idea of the game that you're kind of you're a passive observer. You are influencing, you are changing things, you are helping them, but you're more of stuck in a moment in time. It's not so much that you're in real time solving things. You're kind of outside of this world. It's kind of like with the time factor as in uh, the best analog I can come out with is like Slaughterhouse-Five almost. Like you travel back in time. You don't see time in the in the book Slaughterhouse-Five or the I guess the movie too. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. But in the book, you essentially, the main character doesn't see time as a linear thing anymore. He's not living his life from being a baby to dying. He's living it as if you were looking at a mountain range and you can, that's how they explain it in the book, and you can look at different moments and relive them and those were what they are. They're moments, and you can keep going back and reliving them. It's all been done. It's already happened. You're just going back and jumping in that vessel and experiencing it again, which maybe that's reality. Maybe that's the fourth dimension. Who knows? But that's a great book. That's such a great book. Maybe one day we'll do Minnesota's about fucking books, but for now we'll keep talking about Duracity, uh, which overall, uh, as far as the trophy hunting goes, it was pretty easy. Like I said, you just roll through all the trophies not that big a deal. Interesting enough story. Some of the puzzles I could see would be a little annoying or frustrating because they don't give, they do not hold your hand in this game. You have to figure it out. Now, there's only so many things you can click on and do, but sometimes, you know, maybe the VR isn't in the best spot or you got a weird, or, or sometimes you got to trigger something you wouldn't think would happen, and that'll kind of unlock the next piece of the puzzle. And that could be irritating if you don't have a guide. But if you're straight up going for the numb, my numb skulls, then you can follow the guide, and it's pretty straightforward. There's nothing really crazy going on about it. So, Platinum, easy. Three, four-ish hours. Story's good. The gameplay is is fine. I mean, it's a point-and-click VR, which the fact, like, if this game is in VR makes it a much better selling point because, like I said, it wasn't long, but it was fun to, like, move around and see stuff and explore and do all that stuff. Uh, like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the story too terribly much because it's a good story, and you should experience it if you can. If you don't want to, then go watch a playthrough on YouTube where they do it in like five or six hours or something like that. Uh, it's worth it, I I believe. There's evil fairies out there that are kind of working against you, that are trying to get the kids and you know use them for God knows what. So you have to kind of. There's no like fighting or anything like that. You just have to let the moment play out, and then you go back in time and do something else to fix everybody. But it's a really, it's a cool story. So I would definitely recommend it. If you got a VR, go check it out. As long as it's on sale, I mean, I wouldn't pay full price. I don't know, but it's worth it. It's cool. It's an interesting first step into VR for Miyazaki. So I would like to, I can't wait to see what maybe their next game is or what their next idea is or how they use it. It would be really cool to see. So... I mean, that's it. That's that's really all I got to say about the game. Check it out. I enjoyed it. I like the characters. I like the story. I don't think I'd play it again just because, in reality, it was kind of heavy. It was a heavy story. And sometimes when I play games, most of the time when I play games, I just want to escape or do something dumb or have fun or accomplish something. And this is kind of like, you know, watching an Oscar film again where, like, Moonlight. Loved Moonlight. Amazing film. Probably don't want to watch it again. Probably will never watch it again. Maybe I will. Who knows? But anyway, that does it for me for this week. 
Uh, usual plugs. You want to send us an email, uh, throw us some suggestions for minisodes or full games we can talk about, go ahead and send that to plottytime at gmail.com. If you would like to check us out on the socials, at plottytime on Instagram and Twitter. And you already know where to get the podcast, but I guess it's news that we're now on Amazon Music and we're on Google Podcasts, which that makes it Amazon, Google, Spotify, obviously, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I mean, those are the big ones. You can just tell your friends to Google it, too. I mean, I'm sure they have a subscription or have the free method to get it. It's also online for free if you just search for like 10 seconds. You can find our our content online for free. And you have to pay a subscription service. So get out there and enjoy it. And uh, I don't know. I guess that's it. We'll talk to you next time. Get those Platinums. You guys rock. Platinum Skulls are dope. Later. Later.